Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in six different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church or how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. How are you, Broussard Campus? Are we good? Thank you guys so much. Man, this is like coming home for me. Have a seat, have a seat. This is like coming home. Man, are your smiles working today? Let me see. Smiles are good. Hands, hands are working. Hands are working. Wow. Y'all got a problem. This place, Pastor Gabe, worship is amazing. Y'all sing pretty good. Y'all, y'all sing pretty good. I'll, I'll... Don't you love being a part of a church that honors, reveres, cherishes, obeys, commits, and follows this book? Makes all the difference. Whether, whether you realize it or not, and I, I want to, can I pray for you guys? I want to do that. Let's, let's pray. I got Cody on the keys. He's crushing the beard game, as Pastor Gabe was saying. And, uh, but I, I, I really feel like God is doing some amazing things. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for this campus. Thank you so much for these people. Thank you so much for this family. Thank you for the difference they're making in our entire region. Not just a city, not just a parish, but in a region. And it's because we've built on your word. And I ask, Father, that you would continue to make the future days every bit as bright, if not brighter, than the former days. I know we talk about the Broussard campus. It was the first campus, and there's a lot of stories about how things used to be. God, there's going to be stories about how things are going to be. And I thank you for bringing each and every person here today. You orchestrated the steps. You brought them here. And we trust fully that you have us here. We ask for Um, God, your presence to move. You have our full attention. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm excited to spend some time with you guys today. Did you you eat your Wheaties this morning? No? Well, if you didn't, buckle in. Um, Buckle in. Pastor Gabe, I was thinking about this driving up. This summer is 20 years that Kayla and I have been at Our Savior's Church, part of the team that's here. 20 years. That's a long time. I knew Pastor Gabe when he had dreadlocks. Y'all don't know nothing about Pastor Gabe with dreadlocks, um, but I did. I knew him with, 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 with dreadlocks. Yeah, like I said earlier, y'all have got a problem. God, God, is, God is doing something unique in Broussard. I love that his hand, I mean, I have the privilege of where I sit on our team to see what he's doing at all the other campuses. Um, and I just have the benefit of being closest proximity-wise over in New Iberia. Um, but God is doing some amazing things. And here's, here's the challenge that you have that hopefully I'll be able to help with today. God's not finished. God's not finished. I, I hope you see the new faces that are here. I, I hope you see the, the, the families that are coming. And, and I like to think about it this way. Every new family. Y'all do know God loves his children, right? He loves his children. I'm his favorite, but he loves all y'all. And I like to think of it this way. Every time God brings somebody else 
Scripture tells us that he places the lonely in families. You're not here because you decided to come here. You're here because God placed you here. Because there's something here he wants for you and wants from you. And he placed you here. Every new family that walks through these doors tells me this. God can trust us with them. He's not just going to send somebody here that doesn't have another option. He's going to send somebody here because there's another relationship or another thing or another person that is here waiting for them. And here's the problem. If we can't figure out how to take advantage of all the resources that are here in this room, we're going to miss the opportunity. And I don't want to see God stop what he's doing here Anybody in this room want to see this place continue to grow? Yeah. How many of you still know somebody that needs to be here that isn't here yet? There's still some empty seats in here. We need to be praying for them. And here's my heart today, that we would have eyes to see what God is doing and would help us take advantage of everything he's given us at our disposal. There's some people here that need to take some next steps and God's going to use you to help them get there. Amen? I heard this half of the room. I didn't hear this half of the room. Amen? Okay. If I start preaching to them, it's because y'all are already locked in. I'm just going to focus in over there a little bit more. Have you ever heard the phrase, you only get one chance to make a first impression? It's important. It's important. And no impression is as important, I would argue, Pastor Paul, than your first date. So let me tell you, this beautiful woman that's sitting right here on on the front row is my bride. She is the best thing that God has ever done in my life. And I'm grateful, grateful, grateful. I know know you can only see the back of her head. Let me show you what a good-looking bald man and a beautiful brunette can do. I've got five children that are somewhere on this campus. Um, Yeah. Wow. Look at that. Somebody told me earlier, they said, last time we saw Cole, he was this big. Now he's this big. And they were pointing at how tall I am. I said, you don't have to remind me. I know he's, 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 he's growing. My first date with Kayla, it worked out, by the way, in case you didn't know. I landed it. I, landed, I did it. She had finally come to her senses and realized that I was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And she couldn't spare to live another minute without me. No, this is what happened. I had this plan. I had been orchestrating this. I had all the things. You got to know this about me. I'm a planner. Every detail planned out. Nothing's accidental. My mantra is I don't like surprises. Um, I don't. Kayla's the opposite. She loves the surprises. Like, ah, we'll just figure it out when we get there. So I thought one of my, one of my first gifts to her would be surprising her for our first date. She had no idea where we were going. So we jumped in the car. We actually lived here at the Broussard campus back in the dorms. And uh, I had this plan. I was gonna take her for a night out at Zia's in Lafayette. Come on, somebody. Roasted corn grits. Thai ribs. Right, right. Asian almond shrimp. Y'all don't know nothing about that Asian almond shrimp if you haven't. Some of y'all are looking at your clocks already. Pastor Don, we're gonna send us... Y'all go to Zia's and tell them to send some commission my way. I had this plan. I was going to take her, and she didn't know. She didn't know. Now, for the younger folks in the room, the uninitiated, this was back when you didn't have cell phones that you could get directions to. You know that little lady that comes on and says, you idiot, you just took a left turn when you should have took a right turn? We had MapQuest. 
you tell it where to go and it printed out like seven pages of directions. <laughs> See, but I'm not flying like that. I'm not bringing MapQuest on my first date. I'm gonna memorize that thing so I know where to go. I had never been to Zia's before. I had heard from some friends that this was the, the nice place to go and some great food and I was ready to check it out. So I loaded this beautiful woman up and we started driving and this was before the ambassador extension. Oh yeah, so I'm snaking through seven pages of MapQuest. You gotta go through Broussard and cut this and do this and come out on Verod and all. It was crazy, but I had it memorized. I was on my way to Zia's for a first date and some Thai ribs, some Asian almond shrimp, some corn grits. She likes the Thai snap peas. I'm trying to get you hungry. We were on our way and I had every intention on taking her to Zia's. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. But my first date was not at Zia's that night. My first date with this beautiful bride was at Mel's Diner. So I did my best to romance her over a brownie sundae and 50s themed diner decor and it it worked out for me, but I don't recommend you make your first date at at Mel's Diner. I recommend Zia's. You say, Pastor John, how did you end up settling on Mel's Diner when you could have had Zia's? Here's the truth, I got lost. Some of you laughing, shaking your head. Seven pages of MapQuest cost me some Thai ribs. Uh, here's the thing we started going and driving and she's all excited this is you know first date and she's surprised and she's great with this and I'm trying my hardest to pay attention to her and remember the directions I took a wrong turn Um, we were almost to Maurice um, (laughs) before she looked at me and said hey um I mean you know she's trying her best let me lead you know all of that um what, what what where are we supposed to be going Finally I had to tell her, we're going to Zia. She's like, oh, I, I, I think it's that way. <laughs> and sure enough, by the time I listened and followed her directions, newsflash, those of you that haven't been married that long, start there. We got there, but the kitchen was closed. There was no place to go, no more ribs. Corn grits were gone. And the only place we could find open for our first date was good old 24 hours Mel's Diner. And that's how we did. He said, Pastor Don, how did you do this? How did you mess up? How did you end up choosing Mel's Diner? I lacked a couple things that are very important to that journey that I was on that night. And if I do my job well, I'll share with you those things today so that you don't end up making mistake of settling for Mel's Diner when you could have had Zia's. I don't want you to settle for something in your spiritual life when God has so much more planned for you. Here's, here's what I lacked. I lacked some direction, some specific directions. A map would have been helpful, right? GPS coordinates would have been very beneficial. And I lacked a relationship, somebody who knew where it was that could help me along the way. Somebody that could say, why are you in the turning lane when we should be going this way? Had I told her where we were, she could have helped me. Had I been willing to listen and to submit, it could have helped me a lot. And here's the truth. I think I just described a lot of our spiritual journeys. A lot of people I've met along the way start off in Christianity and have the best of intentions. We are headed this way. God's going to do so much in their life. And along the way, something happened. I ended up settling for just attending church. And now I feel stuck. But if I'm honest, 
I'm wandering around aimlessly in my spiritual life. Don't take for granted that everybody here is moving. There are people in the room, and it's hard to know, but sometimes they're stuck. Oh, they show up every Sunday, and their hands are lifted higher than anybody else's, and they can even quote scripture to you, but they're stuck. How do you know? God needs you to know how to recognize when somebody's stuck. Why? Because he wants to use you to help get them unstuck. He's brought them to a place where they can be helped. And every week, God's bringing more and more people here. We got to be able to help them. Here's the thing. As a pastor, one of my greatest responsibilities, Pastor Gabe, one of his greatest responsibilities as a pastor is to shepherd people. Shepherding looks like this. We're responsible for creating opportunities for you to build relationship in specific environments that are designed to help you grow spiritually. That's what it looks like. You need relationships and you need some environments along the way. But shepherding involves sheep. How many of you know sheep can be hard to lead? They can. Pastor Gabe, amen, amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer right now just over that. No, let me tell you, sheep are hard to lead, but they're very easy to read. They're very easy to read. What does it look like when you see a sheep who is unshepherded, who is out wandering around and not connected? I'll show you, I'll tell you, and you'll see this parallels in your own spiritual life, hopefully, if I do a good job. A sheep that is not shepherded wanders around and they're easily scared. What does that mean? They're they're fearful, they're stressed, they're unsettled, they're untrusting of relationship, right? A sheep that is not shepherded, that is alone, is isolated. They're alone, they're weary, they're emotionally fatigued. You know anybody that's just emotionally fatigued? They're vulnerable. What does that mean, Pastor Don? They're vulnerable, they're very easy prey. They're susceptible to traps and they're easily influenced. You know anybody that's easily influenced? Seems like every time they turn around, they're falling for the same thing over and over and over again. Sheep that aren't shepherded look like this too. They're hungry, they're hungry. But here's what happens when a hungry sheep has no shepherd. They feed on unhealthy things. They feed on unhealthy things. When you see somebody feeding on something unhealthy and you wonder why they're malnourished, they don't have a shepherd in their life helping them learn what to feed on. Y'all with me so far? I'm trying to help you because God's going to bring people into this church. Are you hungry yet, by the way? Some of you are going to go to Zia's and you're going to thank me for them tie ribs. No amount of hunger, no amount of craving, no amount of desire will get you to Zia's. You have to take some steps to get there. Don't leave this parking lot going for roasted corn grits and turn left. I don't recommend it. You may find some corn grits in St. Martinville, but you're not gonna find them at Zia's. You have to turn right. And you have to go to the caution line and you have to make another ride and you have to get on Highway 90. You have to take some steps. And here's the challenge that I think a lot of people are facing in their spiritual life. You come to church every week, but you don't know what steps you should be taking. You don't know what steps you should be taking. Look what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Now the Corinthian church knew a lot about acting one way, but really living another. Paul likens our race, our our lives to running a race. Here's what he says in verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? Look at this. So run that you may obtain it. 
Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. What is he talking about? You've seen the, the ancient Olympic games when the winner would get a wreath, a crown put on their head. In a few months, that thing would die. It would end. It would look like garbage. It wasn't the same thing. You and I are running and we're going to get a crown one day that isn't made of leaves that will die. It is imperishable. It will last forever. That's what Paul's talking about. There's a way to run your life that leads to something that lasts forever. Here's what he says, verse 26. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. Paul says there's a way to run aimlessly and a way to run that will get you where God wants you to be. Some of you, if we're honest, you look up, you get to church every single week, but if we looked at you spiritually, you're running, but you're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. I want to help you because God's got a plan for you. He's got a place he wants you to be and something he desires for your life. And if you can get this truth, you won't be like somebody running aimlessly. You'll be on track to the life that God has for you, a blessed life, a life of fulfillment. Many of you know Pastor Sean Boudreaux. His wife, Brigitte, attend our campus. I have the privilege of serving on the same team that he does. He says this about himself. He says, I'm directionally challenged. And here's what he means when he says that. He puts his GPS, his, his phone maps app everywhere he goes. I don't believe him, but he tells me when he goes visit his mama, he puts it in Apple Maps and it tells him turn by turn directions where to go. Here's what he told me. He said, the craziest thing happened. I opened my maps and this little box came up and it says, do you give permission to use your location? He said, and it occurred to me, if I give this thing permission to know where I'm at, it can tell me where I need to go. And I started thinking about spiritually and the difference I know between people who are running, who are getting and accomplishing and taking the steps. And then the people I know who are just running in place, not going anywhere. It usually comes down to this. Did you give somebody permission to know where you're at? Somebody needs to know where you're at and they can help you. If you'll let this place, if you'll let these people, if you'll let the people, God brought you here because there was somebody here that he needed to help you take a next step. But it starts this way. Let them know where you're at. Let me tell you, if you could have done it on your own, you'd have done it by now. You'd have done it by now. Look at your neighbor and say, where are you? Where are you? So when you hear Pastor Gabe and I talk about next steps, you're going to hear a lot about that over the weeks and months to come. Next steps is not just a class. It's not some little after service environment where we come and try to convince you that you need to do something or give something or be more or do anything like that. Next steps is the way and the best way we know how to find out where you're at and how to help you continue to take next steps. It's important. Next steps will help you discover that life that God has for you. And here's two things I need you to know. And then I'm going to let you go to Zia's and get some Thai ribs and some Asian almond shrimp and some corn grits. I'm sorry, those of you that cooked today. Um, it'll be good next time. Um, you need to understand two things. Number one, your spiritual journey consists of next steps. Until Jesus comes, you and I will continue to take next steps. We will always be taking steps. There's not a place to arrive this side of heaven. Pastor Gabe has next steps that he needs to be taking. Pastor Paul has like one more step he needs to take <laughs> before he is just perfect. No, that's not true. Pastor Paul has a lot of steps he still needs to be taking. You and I. How many of you have been on Facebook recently? 
Facebook is an amazing way to look back and see people from your high school days, right? Have you seen somebody and you're like, that's not who I remember them being <laughs> at all, right? Gentlemen in the room, how many of you are grateful you chose her, the one sitting next to you, instead of her you saw in the feed? Those of you that didn't say anything, you just missed an opportunity. Pastor Don set it up and, and you, just, you, just, you just whiffed on that. How does somebody get from looking like that to looking like that? They took some steps along the way. They took some steps along the way. Philippians chapter three, look at this, Paul's saying this. This is the apostle Paul. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. Anybody else fooling, pursuing absolute fullness? from God. Look what he says, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. Your spiritual journey consists of next steps. Where are you at? Here's the second thing I need you to know. You're further along than you think. You're further along than you think. When I finally realized that I was lost, Kayla had some suspicions and I finally admitted we were going to Zia's and she told me it's that way. You realize I missed it for one turn? Just one turn. I made one wrong turn in the seven pages of MapQuest directions. I missed one and it took me on an entirely different journey. How many of you look back on your life and you would say I made one turn and it put me on a completely different journey? Anybody else? That's crazy. But here's the thing. Once she knew where I was headed, once I gave her permission to know where we were supposed to be going on the date, once we knew where we are, once we realized it was just one turn that we missed, I didn't have to come all the way back to Broussard and start all over again. I didn't. All I had to do was just make the last turn that I missed. Instead of taking a left, I should have taken a right. And when I was going the wrong way, I just had to stop turn and go in the opposite direction somewhere along the way you've heard a sermon that talks about repentance can I help you that's all it is it's just knowing I'm going in the wrong direction I'm going to stop and I'm going to turn and I'm going to start going in the opposite direction some of you say well I've repented of my sins if you've just stopped you haven't repented if you've stopped and you've turned you haven't repented. It's not until you stop, turn, and start going, start taking next steps that you can say, I've repented. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I'm glad I get to see such a good-looking, strong pastor preaching the word today. But I, I, honestly, I don't know why I'm here. I feel so far from God. What do I need to do? Let me help you. Let's keep going. Let's take some steps. God brought you here. I think there's somebody in the room that needs to know where you're at so they can help you keep going. Look at your neighbor. Say, where are you at? Look at your other neighbor, the one you keep ignoring every time I say that, <laughs> and say, let's keep going. You say, well, Pastor Don, I'm, I'm, I'm new to Christianity. I'm not sure I'm ready for, for all of this. Let me tell you, that's great. Now you know where you're at. Let me help you. Do you know that one of your next steps is just to regularly attend at church? Just regularly attend. The number one thing I want for somebody's first Sunday in church, yes, is to find a relationship with Jesus and be born again. But that doesn't always happen. The second thing I want for somebody whose first Sunday is in church, just come back next week. 
just keep coming back. I spoke to a young man I've been getting to know at our campus, and uh, he said, Pastor Don, this week will be nine weeks in a row that I've been in church. I'm like, dude, that's amazing. I can't wait till it's 10 weeks. I can't wait till you can't even remember how many weeks in a row you've been in church. Where are you at? Let's keep going. For those of you that have been for a while, God wants to put somebody in your life to help you discover where they're at and help them take next steps. I'm going to simplify all of this in two phrases for you. How do I walk with somebody? Ask these two questions or ask this question and say this, where are you at? And let's keep going. That's all you got to do. Hey, where are you at? Let's keep going. This is so important to our church and so important to what God wants to do here. I had to find a way. I had to find a tool. I had to find some way that wasn't MapQuest to help everybody go. How many of you realize discipleship can be hard? It's kind of squishy. It's hard to put your hands around it. I want to be discipled, but what does that look like? I want to disciple somebody else, but I don't know how to do that. How can I do that? I, I, we sat down and figured out how can we help somebody take next steps. And it was, it was kind of simple. We just said, well, what are all the steps that we want somebody to take? So we got out a whiteboard and a marker, and we just started writing down all the steps that we wanted somebody to take. And we started to realize, man, some of these steps have a lot in common. I wonder how hard it would be for somebody just to follow a map of all the next steps that they could take. Wouldn't that be cool if we could take every next step for your spiritual journey and put it on a map that you could just look at and say, oh, well, this is where I'm at. This is where I need to go. I got great news for you. We did. We did. I've got a map for you. I'll put it on the screen so you can see what it looks like. This map has been so instrumental in helping people grow and take next steps spiritually. We're spreading it out across the entire church. We've got people that are learning for the first time how easy it is to see where they are in their spiritual journey and how to help somebody take steps. I'll never forget putting this map in front of Raven, who's been attending our campus for a couple months. She said, Pastor Don, I have no idea there were that many things that I could be doing. I thought once I came to church and gave my heart to Jesus and got water baptized, that it was just about hanging on. I've been stuck in neutral. I didn't realize there was more that I could do. Some of you are looking at this and you're like, okay, well, I've done that. And you're trying to, to figure it out. I remember putting this map in front of Ron, who hadn't been in church his, his entire life and started realizing, wow, I, that's all I got to do is just do that thing, that next thing. Yeah, man, that's it. Let's just work on that. Ron's been through this map three times. He keeps taking steps and the map gets outdated. He's like, I'm ready to do it again. How incredible is it to have a relationship with somebody who can know where you are and then have a tool to help you get there? Some of these steps are steps toward joining. I told you just about taking next steps. Keep continuing to come to service. It's important to take next steps toward joining. Some of these steps are steps toward growing. You realize that the Bible doesn't tell you how much to read of your Bible? Wouldn't that be great, right? Psalm 42, 5, thou shalt read three chapters a day in order to keep the devil away. It doesn't, it doesn't, why? Why do you think the Bible doesn't tell you how much you should read? Because it wants you to keep growing. And if you just open your Bible for five minutes a day, I'm proud of you. But there's going to be a point where God wants you to grow. 
and that needs to grow. I want to be growing in every area of my life. You realize that the Bible doesn't tell you how much you should pray every day? Why is that? Because it expects you to grow. And if you're spending 15 minutes praying and asking God to bless you and to direct you and to lead you, I would hope at some point you would be growing in that. Some of these steps continue to grow over and over and over again. You never outgrow some of these steps, but they're there and you should be taking them. Some of you have been, your generosity has looked the same for years and years and years. Guess what? The Bible doesn't tell you how much to be generous. Why is that? Because it expects you to grow in your generosity. Some of you are stuck and you're just stuck in the growing steps because you're just doing the same thing you've always done and you're wondering why you're getting the same results you've always gotten. We need to grow and we need to take next steps. Some of these steps are steps around grouping. Grouping, what do you mean? Spending life and time with other people. You do realize that real life change doesn't happen in rows and pews on a Sunday morning. Real life change happens in circles and groups and the me too moments and the, hey, let me show you where I'm at and let me tell you what we did in the confines of a living room or a coffee shop or driving next to somebody in a car as you're grouping together regularly. Some of these steps are steps towards serving. Pastor what do you mean? It's, it's this process of showing up and putting your hands to something bigger than you. For some of you, I'm glad you're here and what God is doing in your life is all you can think about. Keep coming. But there's others of you here in the room that need to start showing up and helping. And this place was a place for you. Now it needs to be a place that you help make for somebody else because God is doing it. There are steps towards serving you need to take. And then there are steps toward leading. Oh, Pastor Don, I could never be a leader. You said that before you ever knew Jesus. I got news for you. You're a new creation. And what God does in you, he wants to do through you. God will never do something in your life that he doesn't intend to do through your life. Some of you are content just to sit on the couch in Pastor Gabe's office. I got news for you. Somebody needs to be sitting on your couch helping them with what God has done. You need to take next steps. Don't run aimlessly. Run on purpose. Pastor Don, there's a lot of steps on that map. How do I know which one is the best next step for me to take? That's why you need a tour guide. That's why you need a relationship. That's why you need somebody in your life that knows the steps. It's further along in their journey. They can help you see not just the steps, but the potholes and the, the, the closed streets and the, road, the, 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 the uh, things that are in the way as we come. I invite you to go attend Intro to Next Steps. Why? So we can put a map in front of you and let you check some boxes? No, because we're going to use that to introduce you to a relationship that God wants to put in your life to help you. Think back on how you got here in the first place. Every single person in here is here because of a relationship. Somebody you knew, somebody you heard. Maybe you didn't know anybody, but you knew of somebody whose life changed when they got in church and you thought, man, I need to be in church. A relationship can make all the difference in your life. Pastor Don, I've attended OSC for 20 years. I've done everything, every time. Do I need to go to intro to next steps? Look at my face. It depends. Do you want God to use you? 
Do you want God to continue to bring you to a point where now you're leading other people? I got news for you. God's bringing people into this room every single week. I need you to help us make sure that they continue to take next steps. After all, that's discipleship. How am I discipled? When I tell somebody else where I am, they help me find out what step to take, and then I take it. That's discipleship. Nobody's exempt from Matthew 28. Nobody. You're either in a discipleship relationship or providing a discipleship relationship. And most of us need to be doing both. Most of us need to be doing both. Here's the big rocks today. And then I'll let you go eat some Zia's. If you took notes and this is all you got out of today, can I give you a couple thoughts to think about? If you haven't been taking notes, now's a good time. I need a map and I need a tour guide. I need a map and I need a tour guide. My spiritual journey consists of next steps. I'm further along than I think. Where you at? Let's keep going. Look at your neighbor. Not that one, the other one. Say, where you at? Let's keep going. Read you something from James. James brings us a language of action, a language of motion, a language of taking next steps. Look what it says, chapter one, verse 22. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. Some of us have been lying to ourselves for a long time. So always let his word become like poetry, written and then what? Fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message that you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by it and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. Look at this, what God wants for every single one of you in this room. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. Who are the Christians that experience God's blessing in everything that they do? The ones who are stuck? The ones who are stationary? No, the ones who are moving, who are responding, who are taking next steps. Okay, Pastor Don, but I do feel stuck. I'm a Christian, I love God, but I'm not growing like I used to. Look at me, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. God wants to use you. He doesn't want you to be stuck. When you get in the car before you leave, I want you to sit there and put your hands on the steering wheel and I want you to try to turn that wheel. It's gonna be hard. It's not gonna move. And you're gonna think there's no way I could turn this wheel. Do you know why it's hard to turn the steering wheel? Because you're not moving. You're not moving. But when you start that thing up and you pull out of the parking lot and you take a right-hand turn to go to Zia's, you could steer that car with one finger. Why? Because it's moving. Because it's moving. If you'll just start moving, if you'll just take one step, you'll be able to steer your life in God's direction with just one finger. It's about movement. It's about motion. I want you to start with one next step. And as you start moving, those steps will become easier. Some of you are here in the room and you say, Pastor Don, I don't know what happened. I got derailed. 
I got sidetracked. But if I look at my life spiritually, I'm not growing the way I used to. It's easy, it happens. Transition comes, maybe we moved houses and we're not in the same church anymore. Or, or maybe, maybe our kids came along and our whole life went from being about us to being about them. And we started prioritizing our world and our decisions around the things that we thought were best for them. And we just got off track. It's, it's easy to happen. Maybe job things came up and just that one Sunday that my boss needed me to work, right? Now all of a sudden it's two or three Sundays a month and I still love God and I'm still coming, but I'm not coming as often. I'm not growing spiritually anymore. Let's go back to that step you missed. Let's go back to that wrong turn and start from there. You don't have to go all the way back. You're further along than you think. Am I talking to anybody in the room today? And to the rest who are here and say, Pastor Don, I don't even know where I'm at. It's great. I'd love to tell you where I'm at, but I have no idea. I don't know where I'm at in my relationship with God. I don't know if I died today that the next face I would see would be the face of Jesus. I I don't know where I'm at. I've got great news for you. You may not know where you are with God, but God has always known exactly where he is with you. He's always known. Romans tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. That standard, the, the righteousness that he intends for all of us. It also tells us that the wages of sin, the compensation that's due for the result of that sin in your life is death and eternal separation from God. It also tells us that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. You say, well, Pastor Don, if I've messed up, has he already provided a way for me? Yes, he has. Romans also tells us that God demonstrates his love for us in this way. God shows you how much he loves you in this way, that while you were still a sinner, he sent Jesus to die for you. And Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient, not just for your past sins, not just for the things you're stuck in, but it's sufficient enough for anything you could face in the future going forward. It also tells us that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. He's Lord and Savior. You will be saved. You will be saved. I want to ask you that question today. Do you know where you are? And if you don't, God does. And he might be speaking to you right now. Let me invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm inviting you to bow your head and I'm inviting you to close your eyes because I want to eliminate just one other distraction. I want you to be listening to my voice, but I also want you to be listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit because I think he's speaking to you. Pastor Don, what does it look like to be born again? What does it look like to be a Christian? What does it look like? How do I get there? How do I know that the Holy Spirit is working in my life? Jesus tells a religious man in John chapter three, his name is Nicodemus. And he tells him, you can't even enter the kingdom of heaven. You can't see the kingdom of heaven unless you've been born again. That word born again, it's important. He goes on to tell him that there's a birth that comes from water and a birth that comes from the spirit. 
Many of you know the first indication of a pregnant woman going into labor is her water breaks. That's birth from water. All of us were birthed from water. But there's also a birth that comes from the Spirit, where the Holy Spirit initiates a work in your life, allows you to see your sin in a way that you've never seen it before, allows you to see your relationship with God in a way that you've never seen it before, allows you to see spiritual things. It brings you from a place of spiritual death to a place of spiritual life, a place where you don't desire spiritual things. You have no appetite for them to a place where you have an appetite for spiritual things. Pastor Don, how do I know if the Holy Spirit is doing that in my life right here, right now in this very place? I would tell you it's as simple as A, B, C. A, admit. If you can admit that you have sin, that you have a way of doing things that has separated yourself from a righteous and loving God, that type of revelation comes from the Holy Spirit working inside of you. A, admit. B, believe. You can't make yourself believe anything. But if you're here today, maybe for the first time, You believe that God has a plan. He knows exactly where you are and he loves you with a love that you've never fathomed before. And you believe that he sent his son Jesus, not just to die for everybody, but to die for you specifically. To pay that debt you couldn't pay, to live that life you couldn't live. If you're here and you say, A, admit, B, I believe. And then C, confess. You can confess him as Lord and Savior. Savior is the easy part when life is going crazy and you need help. It's the Lord part, the part that says your way is better than my way, God. I've been doing it on my own and look where it's gotten me. I'm ready to let you be in control. I'm ready to do things your way and let your word lead and guide me. And I'm telling you, if you're here today and you can admit, you can believe and you can confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has worked in your life. And I wanna invite you to pray a prayer with me that would acknowledge that work that the Holy Spirit has done in your life. And here's how that's gonna look. I'm not gonna invite you to come up front. I'm not gonna invite you to stand up. Just from right there where you are with every head bowed and every eyes closed, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand so that I know who God is speaking to today so that I can know who I'm gonna be praying with all across this room right now. If you wanna be born again, if you wanna acknowledge what the Holy Spirit has done in your life, if you wanna get unstuck spiritually, I wanna invite you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with. Thank you, I see your hand, both of them raised. Thank you, I see your hand. Keep them up, I'm looking. Thank you, I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you. Look up at me while your hand is raised. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hands, both of you sitting together. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Hands up all over this room. Don't miss this opportunity. Thank you. I see your hands, all three of you over there on this side. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. That little one is gonna need you to take some steps. I'm glad you're taking one today. Thank you for seeing your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. You may put your hands down one more time. Pastor Don, I didn't raise my hand, but I don't wanna miss this opportunity. Right now, before I pray, raise your hand and be included with those that just raised their hand. I'm looking. Thank you, I'm glad I asked. You may put your hands down. I wanna invite all of us to pray this prayer out loud, indicative of the fact that nobody goes through Christianity alone. 
Say this with me, especially those of you that raised your hand. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. And I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for me. And I believe you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to follow you with all my heart, no matter what it costs me. And I declare that God is my father. Jesus is my Lord and savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper and heaven is now my home. In Jesus name, amen, amen. Let's celebrate with all of those who pray to be born again today.